Hi there, and welcome to the T21 Mum podcast, and this is episode 53. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's eight years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome, and, li- and I am living life my way. And today, as per usual, my friend and co-host Ron is joining me. Hey, Mary. How's life on the downside? Uh, We're doing okay. (laughs) I'm getting around all right. Managing okay. Making friends with your Neely? Yes. Yeah. I'm not making friends anywhere else because I'm not (laughs) getting out much. (laughs) So you're not fully healed. You're still... I'm still ways off from that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got a boot now and uh, doing, you know, I'm allowed a little bit of movement every day. And my sister-in-law, thankfully, is a physio and she gave me some additional little exercises that I can do. I can't really start physio yet. That's still a few weeks out. But, you know, I just do as much as I can right now so that hopefully I can heal faster. Okay. So today's show is actually all about movement. Yes, it is. You're right. Unfortunately, movement you can't do right now, but eventually our guest is very adept at movement. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're talking to my friend Star, and we initially met at our play group and then kind of got to know each other better when we both went to the last retreat together. Well, not together, but you know, she we obviously hung out together at the retreat, being one of the few Canadians there. And you know, I just I really love talking with her and she has such, I think an inspiring story. And I want to say heartwarming, but it's a one, I think of real resilience, her story and, uh, and just great courage. Yes. Yes. And courage. So, you know, obviously she has a child with down syndrome and then she finds out that she has cancer. So we talk about that and how that all evolved. And, and, you know, sometimes we're thinking, you know, my life's over because my child has Down syndrome, but literally star was literally thinking her life could be over. So we talk a lot about that and that she's a dancer and, we talk about that and and how all of that kind of how it changed her and allowed her to put together this magnificent sort of i want to say documentary i don't know if that's the right word but like a a dance a choreographed dance of her journey which is really amazing okay let's go let's start tell her story okay i'm very excited to have on today's show my friend star Maranko. Welcome, Star. Hi. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, especially in this COVID times. So I'm really looking forward to the story that you're going to share today. But before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Thanks. 
Um, so yeah, my name is Star and I'm here in uh, Vancouver, also known as uh, beautiful Coast Salish territory. So I always like to acknowledge uh, where mm -hmm. we are. And um, on my mom's side of the family, we're from the Moose Cree First Nation, as well as French Canadian and German Prussian on my dad's side. <laughs> and I'm a, a mama, I'm a mom and a dancer and a choreographer. And um, yeah, really happy to be on the show. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. So I know we met through our monthly play group and, and then you ended up actually coming to the retreat. You said you came to the retreat because I think I suggested it or I had posted somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, so that's really cool. And how did you enjoy the retreat your first time? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, I remember. I think we were eating cookies at the play group, and uh, and Ainsley and Sammy were were playing, and uh, and you were talking. You had just come back from the retreat, and and I had seen you post something, and so I was super curious. And um, yeah, you definitely got me interested. And then um, as time went on, I I was able to sign up, and we were there together, and I I loved it. It was um, it was beyond what I had expected. I didn't know what to expect, and mm -hmm. it really filled filled me up in a really good way. So yes, I, I love that. It fills you up. Yes, that's mm -hmm. exactly it. I I remember the first time I came back, I I felt, yeah, so full and I felt I can conquer the world. I don't need to conquer the world, but I, I can conquer the world. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, totally. So I know we're still in COVID times, but if there is a retreat and if we're able to go, do you think you'll go again? Yeah, that is the, that is the plan. I've I've registered and I've got I got it in my calendar. So fingers crossed that we yes. can all be together. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, me too. I've already registered. So hopefully we can we can go. It's in, definitely in the plan. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you know, as you know, we were chatting prior to like your story. I think is really unique, and I think in a lot of ways it really puts everything kind of in perspective and you know maybe you can share a little bit about that like you know and tell us a little bit about Sammy and how old he is now and mm -hmm. yeah so Sammy is an awesome three-year-old mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh he's well three and a half I guess and um yeah he's uh keeps me busy and he's um yeah, he's doing really great. He's in in daycare now, has a lot of uh really sweet friends that he's that he's met and yeah, life life is good. It's busy with a toddler, as you know, but uh, but yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's awesome. So, like I always I'm always curious, but did you have a prenatal or a, a birth diagnosis with Sammy? Yeah, I did have a prenatal diagnosis at about mm -hmm. 10 weeks. I did the mm -hmm. NIPT and mm -hmm. um in our sort of uh being, I guess, naive, we were just like, oh, let's just do the test and we'll, you know, find out if it's a boy or girl and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and just sort of check that off our list. We didn't really think, nobody really thinks that you'll, you know, get a positive diagnosis. And, uh, and we, we had, um, we'd been trying for, for many years mm -hmm. and, um, and it was something that I really wanted to be a mom. And, and um, we had had, um several losses actually mm -hmm. before so it was just a really hard hard time getting pregnant it wasn't as easy as I had thought um and so we did the NIP test and um found out we got a phone call over Thanksgiving weekend and um yeah and then everything just kind of felt like the rug got pulled from underneath us you know so Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was tough for sure that and a lot of all the all the feelings that so many of your listeners would would I think relate to just um yeah a lot of confusion a lot of um heart heartache 
um, mm -hmm. and not sure what to do. And it was actually connecting with another mom, a phone call um, that actually really uh, turned things uh, around for me in the sense of I just started hearing about what life was really like from a, a parent's perspective and not just all the medical things that they need to tell you, but um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. And so when I started to actually talk to other women, mothers in particular, that, um, that had also gone on this journey, it, it started to really shift things for me. Mm -hmm. How did you find that mother? Yeah, well, actually, it was through the genetic counselor had given, you know, all the papers and all the packages that you get. And I guess somehow through that, or maybe I Googled, or I don't know, I, I was connected through the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation here in Vancouver and Burnaby. Mm -hmm. And I called them, you know, my voice quivering, not really mm -hmm. sure what I was even calling them about, just, uh, I've got this news, I'm not sure what to do. And um, they had uh, a, a woman, another mom who has a 15 year old daughter who said she'd be happy to talk to any new moms that had just gotten a diagnosis and so I um so I called her up or I emailed her and called her and we had a really wonderful conversation and then we went out for lunch and have continued to stay in touch and yeah that was really that was how I found out and, and I love the story too I remember her telling me about um her daughter who was 15 at the time and that just that day she had written a poem um and a song and it was all about how much she loved her life and all these Aww. like, you know, beautiful things. And it's like, how many 15 year old girls really are writing songs about how awesome their life is? You know, that's such a, a crazy time sometimes for a, a young woman. And so mm -hmm. um, she was just like, yeah, she just came downstairs and, and shared that poem with me. And so this is what life's like. And I was like, wow, so oh, that really struck me. That's fantastic. But mm -hmm. very, my experience, I didn't do the NIPT, but sort of when you said you called the DSRF, which I've talked lots about on the podcast, mm. they're a fabulous organization, but I remember calling the national, the Canadian National Down Syndrome um, Association or Society, mm. same thing, like, you know, I don't even know how they understood my address or anything because I was crying mm. so hard, but yeah. somehow they managed, you know, it was just a voicemail and they sent me out some information. And yeah, I think like those early days, it's so key. Like if you can have some, something positive come yeah. out of that, it can make such a big difference as I'm, obviously you can attest to, cause you said that's sort of what changed things for you. Yeah, totally. And I think from then I was able to just, you know, feel everything and go through all the processing, but by the time Sammy, you know, was getting ready to come and be born, you know, we were we were able to really celebrate that. And it mm -hmm. was such a, it was such a, I felt so blessed. We had a really beautiful delivery and, and we, and he just really came into the world in a really beautiful way. And I, I was prepared and I knew, you know, um, that he was coming into the world with, with an extra chromosome. And, and I just, yeah, just as soon as I saw him and heard him cry and hugged him, I was like, oh, I love you. You're, you're my guy. You're my boy. <laughs> you know, and his dad was there to catch him. And it was just like really, really a beautiful celebration. And, and it was because I was able to have, you know, gone through what I did prior with some of the, the emotions and processing it. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. And, and I always think everyone always says like how they learn of the diagnosis is always the better way. Like, mm. I don't, I know I wouldn't have done well with a birth diagnosis. And, mm. and I mean, maybe you can attest to that too. But like, I've always found that everyone, however, they learned of it, they always say that was better for them. So for them, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, and so did you have a long stay in the hospital after Sammy was born? 
No, he was actually, um, he, we were home probably within a couple of days. Like I, I was there for maybe a, one or two nights. Um, but, but he, um, yeah, he was doing well. And so they, they sent us home uh, pretty, pretty soon after. Cause he, he's a heart baby too, right? He is. Yeah. We knew we found out at the, around the 20 week scan when I was mm-hmm. pregnant that he was going to need a full AVSD repair, um, probably when he was around five months old. And so we, we knew that was happening, um, but uh, when he was born, there weren't any complications or anything with that. So they just, um, yeah, sent us home. Sent oh, us, that's good. In touch, and I mean, of course, we had to. We were being monitored all the way up until he was born, and then also had to see cardiology when when he was born before they let us go. But um, but yeah, that that's what happened. Oh, fantastic! So yeah. you come home, you have this new bundle of joy, and so how are how are things going? Yeah, things are pretty sweet, I would say, those first few weeks, you know, like exhausting and, and overwhelming in a good way, you know, like yeah. sleep deprived, but just so many sweet, sweet moments when um when I look back and just kind of getting our, yeah, our groove as a new family and just kind of, yeah, starting off together. Oh, that's awesome. And then, so you haven't been home for that long with Sammy. And then can you share about what happened? you know, a few weeks in? Yeah. So, um, so I guess to go back a little bit when I was um, going to see my, my midwife um, and doing all the uh, checkups when I was pregnant, I was probably about 38 or 39 weeks. Like he was almost going to be born and um, we were doing a, a regular checkup and she, she felt this lump in my breast and she was mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's probably nothing. Um, you know, I remember her saying that she's like, you know, breast change when you're pregnant or anything. She's like, but you should probably just go get that checked out. And I was like, okay. And, you know, just put that in my mind. And then literally like the next week, Sammy was born. Um, <laughs> so then um, a few weeks after he was home with us, I, I said, yeah, I should probably just go get that checked out and just get that off my mind. And mm-hmm. um, so I went thinking that it was going to be nothing and then um, got the phone call that I had um, early stage three uh, breast cancer. And um I remember exactly the moment where it happened, where I got the diagnosis. I got the phone call in the grocery store, Nile oh, Save on Foods. I was um, <laughs> from my family doctor and it was Friday evening and I had kind of thought maybe she wouldn't call me because it was the weekend. So I was waiting you know, for Monday, but she called me because um, it was so serious. And I was with Sammy and, and uh, my partner and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and we were all just you know, buying groceries and I got the phone call and um, yeah, everything came crashing down pretty hard, pretty fast. Kind of a little bit similar, like as you're describing it is I think when you get the Down syndrome diagnosis, like you're saying you got the call from the genetic counselor, whoever it was for the NIPT test, you know, you're thinking you're just going to find out the sex and then you get this other news and, and then fast forward nine months or whatever. And then you get sort of almost the same scenario and you're getting some other news yeah it was definitely a similar feeling for sure of just like you know there's the moment there's your life before you get that news and there's your Mm -hmm. life after and you don't Mm -hmm. ever go back whether it's a a, you know diagnosis for your 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 child or for yourself and but it was yeah that feeling of just something crashing and breaking and and it wasn't going to go back together yeah so Gosh, you're in the middle of save on and you're learning like these, this life alternate altering news, like 
obviously you go home like what are your emotions when you, you hear this news that you have mm. cancer yeah i mean it was definitely i mean of course a huge shock um i was really um I was extremely worried, um, worried not only for myself, but more for Sammy, you mm -hmm. know, and I, and I kept thinking to myself, um, I, I mean, really what I kept thinking to myself was I did not believe that God had just given me this little baby to then take me away so soon. So there was a part of me with the shock and the disbelief and the crying and everything. And, and part of me that also wanted to stay strong for everyone around me because everyone was so worried for me and so concerned. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a strength that came in very quickly. And it was because of Sammy that I was just like, I don't, I don't actually have another option here. I'm not going to see um, that option as me not being here for Sammy. And so I'm going to do everything I need to do to make sure that I'm here for this little boy. And so I just went into pretty laser focus, I would say. Um, and I got my, my, my team around me pretty quick, like my, my, and my family really like came around me and my community and the specialists and the doctors and everything. And when I look back on it now, it was definitely, it was surreal. Like I was almost like in, in a different kind of I mean, I was postpartum still. I was, like, you know, I was like trying to, you know, just get a grip on that, you yeah. know, and and and, try, and figuring out things with Sammy and you know and and breastfeeding and you know all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, it was crazy. But I think that in some ways too, because I was, um, you know, I was already on mat leave for work. I was already, I had my whole slate of my life had already been cleared because Sammy was coming and he was here. So I just. Um, yeah, I just really focused on what was right in front of me, it, you know, sometimes even just hour by hour, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. um, because the emotions were just, you know, riding the emotions up and down so much. And, and my mother-in-law, God bless her, she just, she was supposed to be here for a few weeks just to meet her new grandson and say mm -hmm. hi. And um, she, when I got the diagnosis, she just looked at me and she's like, I'll just stay. She's like, I'll just stay until you um until you're better until sammy's better and um and i mean thankfully we have a wonderful relationship so that went really well because it could have gone either way right yeah. but um but but it was it was amazing and we've become very very close uh friends and family as two women going through this experience together and she helped me um raise my son for that first year year and a half when when i couldn't always be here for him oh man it's making me all teary eyed just hearing that it's I can't even imagine what that's like going through like you're already having you know your new mom you know you have a baby with an extra chromosome that you know has a heart defect you know there's a lot on your plate and then you've got to deal with this life threatening possible diagnosis mm. you know and I'm almost thinking like like, you know, when I first learned about your story is that, you know, it, it, I, I don't know, I mean, you can attest to this is like, I kind of thinking it probably puts the Down syndrome diagnosis in a, like kind of like a whole new perspective, or it's almost like yeah. it takes a back seat almost. Yeah, totally. Like, that's the crazy part about it. Because, um, you know, my partner and I would talk about that, we'd just be like, 
wow, down, like down syndrome, if that's the only thing we actually had to deal with, that would be like that, like you said, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, we can handle that. Like, you know, that, that, and then it was, so it did put things into perspective really quickly. And, um, and it almost just became, I don't know, it just, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, but it was just like, it, it just, I, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, I was so worried about down syndrome and Mm -hmm. and this is and then of course you meet your your little one right and fall in love and you're just like wow this is this is not as scary as I thought and this is um and uh yeah so it put things into perspective for sure really quick and it um and I don't know maybe who knows right but I don't know like if it was it was horrible at the time that it all happened at the same time but it also was perfect that it all happened it was like this perfect storm where Sammy became my medicine and I became the mom he needed because I was able to just I think put everything into perspective really quickly and Mm -hmm. kind of um not uh not get caught up in my own stuff around (laughs) around uh, his diagnosis because I'm like yeah we we got things to do here Sammy so let's just you know continue move along right so yeah him and I together I from the very beginning even when I was pregnant I've, I've always just felt like quite the team with him you oh. know he's he's got me and I've got him oh I love that that is that is just so awesome and so you have this diagnosis so obviously you got to go into treatment and yeah. then Sam but Sammy has a heart defect like I'm sure all like how do you manage all that? I mean, I know you said your mother-in-law really stepped up, but like how, mm. like, how did you manage all of this? Like, I can't even imagine, like Ainsley was healthy. I mean, we had a long stay in the hospital, 26 days, but with, mm. you know, cause I couldn't figure out why her oxygen saturation levels were low, but anyways, but mm. she had no health issues. Mm. So I can't, you know, and for me, like the first year was so beautiful and amazing and the best year of my life but it's also in some ways the hardest year because you're just mm. learning like you know I was a new mom too I'd never done this before and you know but then you throw in all this other stuff that you've got to deal with like how how did you manage that yeah I um well I I mean as I mentioned I have an amazing community of friends and so like on a prac and family so on a practical level you know people were organizing meal trains and, you know, getting food delivered. And, and, um, and I had, you know, the help with Sammy. And I think that, you know, when I was putting together my treatment plan with my doctors, I, because it was so aggressive, um, the form, and because I had Sammy, I didn't really want to um, kind of wait and see how it was going to be, you know, so I wanted to begin right away. And I did um, what I think was the best of both worlds. I did all of the, um, more uh, traditional like allopathic forms. I did um, chemo and radiation and um, surgery. And then I also did a lot of complementary medicine, um, an amazing acupuncturist who works with uh, cancer patients, a friend who does um, neuro-linguistic programming called NLP work, which really helps me to reframe things in my mind. And um, I have a, a strong spiritual practice and meditation practice that I really drew, up, drew on. I kept saying, I was like, wow, this isn't like a weekend workshop. <laughs> you know, this is like real life. I'm yeah. like, I got to really just dig deep and apply everything I've ever learned or believed in or studied. And um, so that's, that's how I put it together. And I, I talked to a lot of um, 
not a lot, but I would say, you know, a, a, a handful of women who had gone through this as well, a cancer diagnosis. Um, I also had a, a therapist at the time and she said to me, she's like, you know, you're in a really specific demographic. She's like, <laughs> not only do you have a child with Down syndrome who also is going to have heart surgery, you're also undergoing chemotherapy and cancer treatment. Like there was, like, there were not a lot of people um, that were going through both things at the same time, but um mm -hmm. So I, I, I put it together as best I could. And um, we knew that Sammy was going to have his heart surgery at five months. I was going to be right smack in the middle of chemotherapy at that Jeez. time. Yeah. Um, and so we, um, the medical doctors that I was working with, both Sammy's doctors and my doctors, we all had a plan where I would um, space out that particular chemo cycle a little bit more so that my blood cell count would get up and I would be healthy to go be in the hospital with Sammy and, and be there. So we took a pause um, mm -hmm. for a couple weeks. And then I went to, um, yeah, to the hospital with Sammy. And he um, has an amazing surgeon um, who many people in Vancouver would know Dr. Gandhi, just mm -hmm. earth angels that are mm -hmm. at the BC Children's. And um, he uh, had a very successful surgery and uh, we just went actually, we go every January to get uh, followed up and we, um, he's doing really, really fantastic. It's healed really well. And they keep telling us, just treat him like a kid who's never had heart surgery. He's doing great. And so oh. um, he did really, really well. And he was home within like a few days, which I just found amazing and, um, you know, smiling and happy. And I was like, wow. So um, yeah, that was probably, one of the more intense moments of my life, <laughs> handing your yes. child over yep. to um, have open heart surgery and uh, and then going through everything that I was going through. But yeah, that's how I, I, I kind of managed, I guess. Wow. Yeah, looking back on it. That's amazing star. Like, honestly, I, yes, like hats off to you and you obviously have an amazing team around you and friends and family who, really stepped up like mm. i mean talk about knowing who your tribe is right yeah They've, yeah they really stepped totally. up when they needed to and and um i'm so happy to hear that and thank you you know how how do you think getting the news of cancer changed you mm. um well i think it definitely uh like I said, it puts things in perspective. I, I, I generally, I would say before, before having Savvy and before having cancer, I would, I would definitely consider myself a positive person, but I, but I would worry like anybody, you know, and, and worry and, and maybe worry about things that weren't actually that important, you know, mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. And so it's put, it's put that into perspective for me. Um, I've discovered how strong I am. I always knew I was strong, but this is, is um, I really know it now, <laughs> how strong I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and I think, you know, I was even talking the other day to somebody about, um, about getting older and, uh, and I was, and they were saying, oh yeah, you know, we're kind of joking about getting older. And I said, yeah, but you know, it's such a privilege to get older now. And I thought, you know, I want to be, 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 like how exciting that would be and I think from being uh going through the whole experience with with cancer has just um you know and and not taking things for granted mm -hmm. you know I have some friends some women along the way that I have met that 
didn't have such a great outcome and some are no longer with us now mm -hmm. and that it can happen that quickly right and so mm -hmm. I just have a lot of a lot of gratitude I think is what I is what I take from from this experience and and just every day even the crazy you know the craziness of just like life and carpool and getting Sammy to daycare or like him having his little three-year-old meltdown or whatever I'm just like oh I I'll just take this any day you know it's like it's it's crazy but and but I would just I love it I love the the um well even the word normal I don't even like using the word normal anymore but the word that that feeling of just like the seemingly mundane everydayness of like doing laundry and mm -hmm. cooking dinner and everything I actually have a, a a different appreciation for it now because I remember not so long ago when I really just craved that I just craved to you know take my kid to school and go on a play date and, and even now with COVID right like I mean I think we all can relate to that it's yeah like the little the little things we miss you know we just mm -hmm. we miss all those those little moments uh that's so fantastic. I, I, I love it. That's, that's so awesome. And you're healthy now and you're doing awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. Yes, I am. I got, I just got my all clear again. I'm also doing my, my, my annual checkups and everything. So yeah, I'm doing really great, feeling really good. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. And of course, I'm so happy to hear that. That's just awesome. So, you know, in the intro, you mentioned that you're a choreographer and a dancer now you've done something that i think is really kind of cool and amazing and beautiful so can you share about that sure yeah so um when i was just kind of finishing up my treatments and it was a you know about a year and a half of pretty intense uh physical treatments um i was really missing plus i was just coming back off mat leave and i hadn't really been dancing and moving in the same way and i thought well i'm just going to go into the studio and just sort of ask myself, ask my body, like, what do you want to say <laughs> out of all out of all this, you know, and a lot of people, women in particular, who've gone through breast cancer, maybe they'll write a book or join a group or a dragon boat team or something like that. And I was like, well, I know how to dance and choreograph. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to look at this in a creative way. And I really just thought I was doing it for myself at this point. Like I didn't have any big plans. And I started um, inviting a few friends to come see some work in the studio and I was really just doing sort of writing and and processing through movement and in the end what has happened is I've created a one-woman show um, it's a dance theater piece that is um, about this journey and it's um it's called chapter 21 the reason mm -hmm. why I named it that is um many reasons but definitely uh you know trisomy 21 obviously um 21 days in between my treatments I was okay. on the three-week cycle and um, they also say it takes 21 days to reprogram, you know, patterns and habits and things like that. And I thought during this whole time, these last few years, that's been very much what I've been doing. And um, so I've created this piece and um, it's something that now I'm, I'm getting ready to share in a bigger way with, with, um, with people, with audiences. And yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. I, and I didn't know about the, uh, like, I thought when I heard it was called chapter 21, I thought, well, obviously, because <laughs> Sammy has Down syndrome, but I didn't know the the other reason. So yeah, that all fits in so nicely. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's wonderful. So yeah, like, oh, one thing too, sorry about chapter no. 21, I keep forgetting this part is why I call it chapter 21 is because it's, it's a chapter of my life, like obviously yeah. a big chapter, but it's not the whole book you know, and there's, and there's so much more to still be written. And so for me, looking at this dance piece in this time in my life is it's a, it's a, it's a chapter, it's a moment, you know, that I want to mark, mm -hmm. but, um, 
but there's a lot, a lot more to continue after that. To come. Oh, for sure. So like how, like you kind of just went into the studio just to sort of start moving again. Like, were you thinking you would create this or just, you're just kind of let your body kind of tell you or like, yeah, I was, I was definitely not planning to be a one woman show. However, <laughs> before I got pregnant and all of that, I did have this moment, I was working with a mentor and we were talking about uh, solo work and I thought, well, I'd probably like to create something in the future. But I, I remember naively thinking to myself, I wonder what I would dance about. What would it be about? You know, this was before I had Sammy and all this other <laughs> stuff. And obviously now I've got tons of content to work with. Um, but when I was in the studio, what I, what I did is I actually just put on flashcards, I put I put themes, I put, you know, trisomy 21, uh, diagnosis, chemo, like I would just put these big ideas there and I would just pick up, um, pick up a card and I actually just did like stream of consciousness kind of talking to myself and I recorded it on my phone and then I would play it back in the theater or in the studio and then I would dance to that text. So it was like hearing myself tell the story to myself and then I created the movement out of that. And then that's how the, um, the piece has been created now. It's like vignettes or scenes from oh. um, this journey. Yeah. And it's, um, I haven't done so much work in the past that had a lot of text, but this, mm-hmm. this definitely feels like it's a, a theater dance piece. Some of it's recorded and some of it's live. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. So like, how long did it take to create your show? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was probably like a solid year of, of working it and showing different um, work in progress showings to different small groups of friends and then probably another year of, um, of getting it in the theater and the music and the lighting and then um, we were going to premiere it in um, September of last year but then of mm-hmm. course the whole world changed right so, yeah. so that's um, so it's been uh, it's it's been on pause right now but it will be it will be shown uh, when when we're able to do that but yeah I would say I would say it's probably about a year and a half, two years, the total process from oh, beginning wow. to completion. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I would have no idea. I had no, like, I don't know. Cause like, I don't really know anything about dance. You know, I mm. did dance, I think for a year or two when I was like a toddler, but you know, and I've been to the nutcracker several times, but you know, that's pretty much it. But you know, I saw some clips of your uh, performance. Gosh, when was that? Was that, I can't remember when you had that piece. I think it was December, probably. November November or December online. Yeah. Yeah. And I just found it like I was surprised, like, because I wasn't sure what to expect. And Mm. um, I just found your piece. It was so powerful and so moving. Like, you know, like, was, what were you trying to or what what did you want to evoke in people when they see the piece Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like it's um you know it's obviously a very personal story but Mm -hmm. i feel that it's also universal in the sense that everybody has hard things that they're going to experience in life you know it's Mm -hmm. part of the human experience and Mm -hmm. so if by having people witness um this this part of my journey, if it gives them a feeling of, of hope or a feeling of, um, you know, I always talk about with Yvette, who's the director of the piece about the importance of being brave and the importance of being kind. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that those are values or not. I think I know those are values that I hold really close to my to my heart and that if I can inspire people to to have hope and to feel brave and to feel kind even in the face of really difficult moments in their life then I feel that's what I would love people to leave with after witnessing the work and um and I feel too like it's and this is probably maybe for people that know me more is it's my way of um of sharing a little bit of that really personal deep part of of myself that um, has become a part of who I am but sometimes it's hard to to share you know it's like that you don't just I don't know or you can't just sit down to coffee with like a hundred different people and tell them the same story right but I'm like mm -hmm. but through art I think that's what's so beautiful about art is it gives us um, a way to talk about things and to talk about things that are maybe always not always so beautiful or, or, or pretty or easy to talk about. It just gives us, even in my artistic community, we've talked about that of this piece, um, giving people permission to talk about things like Down syndrome and pregnancy loss and cancer and like, you know, death, like all the, all yeah. these things that you don't, it's kind of taboo to mm -hmm. talk about, but it's, um, but it's important. It's, it's part of life as much as anything else. Yes. No, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I like what you say, like to be brave and to, to you know, be kind. Like, I think those are awesome qualities to have. And mm -hmm. obviously you had to be brave and, you know, you're kind, obviously, like just mm -hmm. to find those in you to to get through this. Because like I said, it's mm -hmm. I, it's such a what such a challenging time, you know, on so many different levels. You know, it's mm -hmm. crazy. It's like. So what are your hopes, I guess, for chapter 21? Yeah, well, um, my hope is to one day soon be able to share it with a live audience mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, I miss it so much. I miss, you know, I know there's so much online now and, and um, we will be, the, the clip that you saw in November is actually going to be um, uh, expanded. It'll be a, a documentary about the piece and the process. And we're going to be, um, sharing that my hope is actually that we'll have that complete to be able to share on world down syndrome day on march 21st oh, cool. so that'll yeah. be something online um uh, we were going to be premiering the work in march as well um but with the current restrictions that doesn't seem that that's going to happen so it'll be likely later this year is my hope um and it'll be at the fire hall theater in vancouver and um so we'll be able to um when audiences are able to safely come back we'll do a live show and there will also be a, a streaming version of it too so for those people that don't live in vancouver um there'll be a way to watch it online as well okay and um yeah so i i feel like there's a lot of different ways that i want to share this story um you know the 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 main one is is a live theater production i feel that there's something about just sharing that space with each other that it you know doesn't you know always translate on online but mm -hmm. but i feel i'm also realizing that um there's other ways to share the story through film and through things like this podcast and you know other interviews i've been doing and and i feel like if there's more ways to get um to share this story and to get people sort of talking and considering these different kind of themes, um, mm -hmm. I think are, are really, I don't know, I guess it's my way of, someone told me when, when I had Sammy, they talked about this idea of advocacy, right? And advocating mm -hmm. for our children and Down syndrome. And I was like, how am I gonna do that? I don't know, I feel kind of shy. To, I, I don't, you know, I just didn't know, right? And I was like, well, maybe <laughs> it's through this work, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is one of the ways that I can um, 
contribute to the conversation and, and, you know, and hopefully and creating, yeah, a better world in the future for, mm -hmm. our, for our kids to, to grow up to in and all the other little ones on their way. Yes. There's, there's lots of ways like, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, like, I don't know anything about dance. I can enjoy it. Like mm -hmm. I enjoyed your clips and mm -hmm. stuff, but like just through this podcast and other people, totally. it's through other ways. Right. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so can you tell about a, a little bit in the, in the, uh, in the dance? I don't know what is, I don't know what to call it in your, in your piece, yeah, I guess. Dance. Yeah, okay. piece, yeah. <laughs> so there's a bit about the moccasins. So I know, and you referenced some of your um, First Nation heritage. Um, mm. Can you share a little bit about the story about the moccasins? Cause I thought it was very, very yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. I love the moccasins. Everyone loves the moccasins. <laughs> um, so yeah, these little moccasins um, were actually from uh, Moose Factory, which is where my grandmother's from. And so that's like Northern Ontario. Um, the mouth of James Bay so quite far north um, and it's where the polar bears start coming down so that's kind of how cold it gets cool, yeah. and um, I was there in 2011 with my mom and some other dancers we were working on a research project um, for another dance piece and I I got these little moccasins from my grandma's um, friend actually who made them and um, and uh, Lucy is her name and I got these little moccasins and they were so sweet and you know and I'd been really hoping hoping and thinking I was going to become a mom and you know I thought it was going to be a lot easier <laughs> but it, you know to get yeah. to become a mom but it wasn't that way anyways I had these little moccasins and I so I got them and I brought them home and I had them um with me for a long time I had them you know on my meditation altar and and hanging up and in different ways and and as time went by um it didn't look like I was going to become a mom anytime soon and it was you know really sad but I I, I hung on to those moccasins um it just gave me, I guess, maybe hope. It gave mm -hmm. me hope that 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 they would, that I would have a little one in the future. And um, I did some some uh, yeah some different work work with them, doing um, you know different exploring and stuff like that in some dance pieces. But they never quite landed in the in in those pieces. So they were sort of put back on the shelf. And um, and then fast forward to Sammy coming along and um, and those little moccasins have made their way into my dance piece. So I have um, I have a few uh, items in my piece. So there's Sammy's moccasins. There's a blue pair of shoes that are my grandmother's shoes that she gave to me just before she passed away. Um, and I have a few things, uh, scarves that I wore when I was undergoing cancer treatment. Um, so different different things that mean different uh, different parts in the story. But these little moccasins, I you know I, I, I hold them, I take care of them in the piece. Um, Sammy's big enough now that he can wear them when he dances. <laughs> so we dance with a traditional dance group, the dancers of Dam Lahamid together, and um, he wears them. And they've just become this representation of 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 hope for me, of of um, of dreaming, believing. And they're just they're just so sweet. They're just so little, you know, and 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 they'll be sad when he grows out of them. <laughs> but for now, I'm just gonna hang on that he still he still fits them and he's still little. Um, so yeah, th th those are in my piece, and they um they bring a lot of uh, memory and emotion, and they inform my movement at certain times in the piece um, uh, when I pick up the moccasins and when I can dance with them. Oh, I love it. It's so that's just so fantastic. And I know you kind of mentioned a little bit about, you know, 
you were trying to tie this in with the World Down Syndrome Day, which is really kind of cool, but like we're still in our COVID times here. But mm. is there like currently a way that, you know, listeners can like, you know, that you like, you know, when I tuned in back in November, is is that like on YouTube or can people access it somewhere on YouTube or is that coming later? Like you said, you're going to make it more of a documentary. Yeah, I think what we're going to do is because that was sort of a work in progress for um, that event that we had done uh, back in the fall. And so now Sophia Wolf, who's um, the um, filmmaker, we're going to be working on that over the next few weeks so that it can be um, shared for World Down Syndrome Day. And okay. probably the best way would be um, to visit the website of Raven Spirit Dance, which is okay. the company um, that I work with. And so it's all one one word raven spirit dance and uh, com, and we'll have a link there about how to view that on world down syndrome day and i've got some ideas too because it's online i'm like well maybe we can all be wearing our crazy socks and you know get people involved that way and um and then i think once we share it then it'll probably just be uh permanently online in some way that people can can view it and then um yeah so that'll be for world down syndrome day and then um also through raven spirit uh, dance the website that'll be where there's tickets in the in the near future i hope for for the show at the fire hall theater oh i can't wait i can't wait till we're we can meet in person again and <sighs> I know. and yeah get some feeling back as if real life again right <laughs> yeah yeah totally totally and i'm like yeah even if it's like small audiences and our little bubbles that you mm -hmm. know that i i'm cool with that too it doesn't have to be huge audiences just having a, a few other human beings in the room will be good <laughs> oh i know i know awesome well I can't wait to come and see the whole piece in person. So, mm. and we will definitely put the link on the site so that on our website, so that people can go and, and view it. Cause I think that's how fantastic that is that it'll coincide with world down syndrome day. I mean, it's just so appropriate called chapter 21 mm. on world down syndrome day. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. So I totally, yeah, I was even thinking the year, like it's 2021, I right? And yeah. and I was supposed to premiere it in 2020, but I'm like, well, maybe it's meant to be in 21. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like for all the all the synchronicities, but yeah. So, oh, that is so fantastic. So, and I, Star, thank you so much for sharing your story and being brave. You know, sharing your story because, you know, that's a lot and you know it's a, a very personal story but also you know and then you're sharing it in your dance piece and where people can witness it that way and i think it's just really fantastic and i really want to thank you for for doing that for us today oh thank you thank you so much it's really nice to chat with you about it thank you oh you're welcome mary i was, I was very touched when she was when when star was talking about finally getting back into the studio to dance and how she just spent time working with her body to find out what her body wanted the story to be i know and and also just to see what her body could do after you know the, her intense treatments i think but between the pregnancy which is always physically tough chemo mm -hmm. which is physically mentally emotionally tough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean i think her story is just so 
inspiring. And like you said, in the opener, just shows courage and determination because she realized I need to be here for Sammy. You know, we all sort of think about that as parents, but she was literally in that moment thinking, I need to stay here for him. And I think it's pretty powerful. And I got the privilege to see some of her dance online uh, a while ago. And it was incredibly moving and very powerful. And, you know, fingers crossed, she will be live with that. I believe it's in September. Uh, She'll be having it where, you know, hopefully if with with the current situation uh will be permitted vaccinations and infections notwithstanding yeah that we can gather and i so look forward to being able to do that and to be able to support that uh for her because i and i just really loved chatting with her and and hearing her story i just it just made me full of hope and and inspiration for just everything that life has to offer which is part of her creative process, I guess, you know, the, 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 her creative process of making you feel that way. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And one of the things that intrigued me was her story of the moccasins. Yeah, it was so sweet. I know I love it. And just, uh, yeah, I just, I can't even find the words, but it was just really inspiring and amazing to, to hear her journey. Like, because, I can't imagine being in that situation. That's, you know, you've just literally had a child and then you hear the C word. I mean, nobody and it's, is And it's stage three C word. It's not just, oh, well. I, no, I think it was stage, if I, no, I think it's stage two. I think she said it was stage okay. two. Uh, I have to go back and listen to check, but I think it was stage two. So caught relatively early, but still very scary. And, you know, and then Sammy had to have heart surgery, you know, like she's in the middle of chemo treatment and then you have to hand over your child to have heart surgery. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, strengths we don't know we have. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just amazing to talk to her and to hear her story. I think it's just so inspiring and, you know, and she just, she's just like a bright light, just like her name star, you know? Yeah, right. I, it was awesome. All right. Um, okay. I I have to admit, Star's story touched me because mm-hmm. it's a creative story as much yes. as it is a resilient story. Yes, I agree. Uh, so next time out, we're not quite sure where we're going, but we're going somewhere in a couple of weeks. Yes, we are. We'll be back in two weeks. All right. Take us on out. Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at info at t21mom.com or find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at trisomy21mama. Tell me your stories, what's going on in your life, what's important to you. And also, please subscribe and leave a review so we can become more searchable for others in the Down syndrome community. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos, and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Take care. Thanks, Ron. Bye.